Good Sunday morning, Bethany Bible Chapel. Good Sunday morning, Bethany Bible Chapel. Hey, it's great to be with you. I love being a part of Sunday School for All Ages. Love it. As I saw the videos, I couldn't help but reminisce a little bit uh, with people's names that were mentioned that I've known for decades as well. And I can't help but think of, when I think of Sunday School for All Ages, I can't help but, uh, but think of faithfulness. Faithfulness, those who for years and years and years have taught young people so that from early childhood they might learn the sacred writings that give them wisdom in regards to salvation through faith in Christ. Amen? So we thank you uh, for being faithful. Uh, thanks also for the privilege to be part of uh, Sunday School for All Ages. I I've been doing this for a few years now with you all, and I always experience something new. Something new at Sunday School for All Ages. One year, I wore a wig, uh, which I, I never do naturally, but I, I did for that particular uh, Sunday. Today was a first. Today was a first. I uh, spent about, well, my wife and I and kids, we traveled about 5,000 miles together this summer doing camp ministry and so forth. And on a couple of occasions, we did travel way down yonder and went over the Chattahoochee. But never have I been led in worship by Alan Jackson. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to going home and telling the kids, hey, remember when I embarrassed you when we went over that river and I sang that song? That guy led us today. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know some of you are not going to like this, but I'm going to invite you all, if you're willing, we're not going to make you, but if you're willing, would you mind just standing up? Just standing up. I'll go up higher so you can see me. I'm going to give you a, a two-word theme for today, a two-word theme maybe for Sunday school, a two-word theme maybe for your family, for your business, for whatever season of life you might find yourself in. You see, there's a theme in the Old Testament that we see. We see it emphasized by Moses. We see it emphasized by Joshua. We see it emphasized by Isaiah. We see it highlighted in the Psalms, and it's carried over into the New Testament as well. It's just two words, so if you remember anything today, maybe you can remember these two words. However, if you need assistance in remembering two words, I'm going to give you a momo today, if you will. Some of you don't know what that is, and that's okay. You'll figure it out. A, a momo is a motion, a motion that helps you remember what in the world we're talking about. And so this is one of my favorites from days gone by. I'm going to teach it to you even now. How many of you know sign language? Anybody know sign language? I do not know sign language, but I do know a little bit about the alphabet. And my understanding is the letter B is like this. Am I right? Is that right? B goes like this? I think so. Even if I'm wrong, we're going to say this is what B is, okay? So here's the letter B. And so you're going to start by saying that with me when you do the letter B. And you're going to be thinking about as you say the word B, which is also a letter, you're going to think about and be pondering, what should I be? What is it that God wants me to be? What is it that God wants me to do? What does he want my, my life to look like this year? And so all of that is represented in the word be. So you're going to be pondering and a little bit of uh, speculativeness, which is not a word I don't think, but as you do the, the word and the, the motion be. Can you do it with me? Three, two, one, it's this. Be, be. 
And then I want you to do with this with me, and some of you are going to bail on this part, and that's okay. Just do it as subtly as you would like. You can nod your head. You can roll your eyes if you'd like to. But I, what I want everybody else to do is to flex, to flex however you, I, and I'm not going to demonstrate all the possibilities, but I want you to flex however you want to flex your muscles. I want you to do so unashamedly. And when we say this part of the two-part motion, I want you to say it more loudly than you did the word be. So the first part is what? I forget. It's this. Be. And then I want you to flex and simply nod your head. And as you do, say the word strong. But say the word strong, strongly, or it doesn't work, okay? And so all together, and then we'll close in prayer. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one, be strong. Now, this is what I want you to know. Some of you did a great job, and some of you were pitiful. And so some of you have earned the privilege to not participate in this and say, this is ridiculous. We never did this 50 years ago. That's okay. You don't have to. You've earned the right to do nothing and feel free. But otherwise, let's all enthusiastically embrace this two-part motion, be strong. Because hear me say this to you. We all desperately need this this year. We're desperately looking for young people who want to be strong. We're looking for adults and mature seasoned folks to say, I'm going to show you what that looks like. I want to be strong also. So unashamedly, enthusiastically, last time, you're welcome. Let's do this Momo. Ready? Three, two, one. Be strong. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Have a seat. Some of you, some of you did nothing just now. And that's okay. I mean it. That's okay. But when you get home or later this week, if you want to do that Momo by yourself in the mirror, feel free. No doubt. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me just for a few moments to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And as you're turning, let me tell you a little story. I moved to Dubuque, Iowa in 1990, no, 1984. 1984, I had finished my freshman year of high school in Chicago, the Chicagoland area, and so I moved to the booming metropolis of Dubuque, Iowa. I started my sophomore year uh, at Hempstead High School. I went there, hey now, I went there for three years and you'll have to take this by faith, but I was involved in athletics. <laughs> yes. I played football and basketball and baseball. And as I looked around and we were entering into football season my sophomore year, I noticed these guys on the varsity team were wearing these shirts that I wanted. I wanted one of the shirts, but you had to earn it. And they said on the shirt, 1,000-pound club, 1,000-pound club. That had nothing to do with eating or consumption. That might have been easier, perhaps. But the 1,000-pound club, anybody familiar with it? Three different lifts, right? Three different lifts that total 1,000 pounds. 
And so if you did what you were supposed to do, if you trained, if you worked out, if you were in the weight room and qualified, did these three lifts, 1,000 pounds or more, you would get the T-shirt. I never got the T-shirt, by the way. Some of you were going to wonder, did he get the T-shirt? I didn't get the T-shirt. I, I think I might have had the 750-pound club, but none of us wanted to wear those in front of the others wearing the 1,000-pound club, right? Anyway. That t-shirt demonstrated that these individuals were strong. They did what was necessary in order to have the outcome they were longing for. And not only did they get to wear the t-shirt, but it helped them on the field. They performed better because they were in better shape. They were strong physically. This message has nothing to do with that, really, being strong physically but it has everything to do with being strong spiritually. And so my encouragement today is that we all would purpose anew and afresh as we start whatever we're starting, school, work, a new season, I love seasons, that we would say with God's help, with God's strength, as a man of God, as a woman of God, this year I want to be strong. I want to be strong. And I'm going to tell you this. There's no way we'll cover all the material. And so do it on your own. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, there are six examples. We'll look at three. There are six examples of what it looks like to be strong. To be strong. I want you to see a pattern. It's in every one of these. And so dig in as a family on your own. I'll let you know all six maybe before we're done. The pattern is this. Paul will say to his son in the faith, Timothy, whom he dearly loved and he was concerned about, and as he writes his last will and testament, he says, he begins the chapter by saying, therefore, and the, the word therefore, you should ask what question? What is the therefore, therefore? In light of all of chapter one, in light of everything I've reminded you of, none of that was new information for Timothy. It was a reminder chapter. In light of all of chapter one, in light of all that you have, in, all, in light of all that you've been blessed with, in light of all that you've been given, especially the sweet, sweet truth of the gospel, in light of this and so many other things, he says, I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong, but here's the catch. It has to be in the grace that comes from and that is found in and that is brought to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you love that? So some of us could have got real excited about the motion for today and say, in and of my own strength, I'm going to be strong. And the reality is uh, we can't in and of our own strength. If I've learned anything this last year, I've learned the importance of what it looks like to be utterly and completely dependent. It's been a challenging lesson for me to learn, and I'm still learning it, but to be utterly and completely dependent on someone else or something else for everything is a great lesson to learn. If we want to be strong, we have to realize that in and of our own selves, we cannot do it. But there's a wonderful concept of unmerited, undeserved favor that also conveys and means sustaining grace that we have in abundance that will enable us to do these things. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So we can be strong, but we dare not forget that we have grace that enables us to do so that comes in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1, by the way. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, by the way, verse 1. We won't look at verse 2. Ministries have been built upon 2-2 of 2 Timothy. There's a great pattern for multiplication there. I'd love to look at it with you some other time, but not this time. And so then he begins in verse 3 by saying, you want to know what it looks like? You want to know what it looks like to be strong? I'm going to lay out for you some great object lessons examples of what it looks like to be strong that you will easily understand. And as I do so, Paul says to Timothy, notice the pattern again. I'm going to say, here's the example. I'm going to tell you what that example or illustration is supposed to be and supposed to do and what that example or illustration is not supposed to be or not supposed to do. And here's the beautiful thing. When you do what you're supposed to do, there's a big reward now and in the future. There's a big payoff. There's a result. And we'll see that when we look at this pattern. Here's your homework. You ready for it? Here's the homework. I dare you to do it. Moms and dads, do it with your kids. Do it in Sunday school. I'll come back and do it with you sometime. But here's the homework. Identify all six all six illustrations of what it looks like to be strong. You're wondering, here they are. Here they are quickly. The first one is a soldier. The second one is an athlete. The third one is a, a farmer. And then there's an awesome pause that won't, we, we won't even talk about, but it's crucial in between the first three and the last three. And then he talks about being a student. Then he talks about being a vessel. And then he talks about being a servant. Listen, if we together decide at 1117 that we want to be strong this year, we want to be strong in the grace that is found in, brought to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to look like the soldier, athlete, farmer, student vessel servant, this is the chapter to go to. And so just for fun, uh, if you want to get into Momo Nation mode, I dare anybody to come up with an illustration, a Momo for each of these six. Do it sometime, send me a video, I would love it, you would love it, be good for everybody. Here's the first one. And this is not the first time he said to his son in the faith this concept. He, he talks about unashamedly being, being willing to suffer. Are you there? Have you come to that point in your life where you say because of who Christ is and what he has done, I am willing to be unashamed for him and for others who are purposing to be all in and to be strong, and I'm willing to go through whatever he wants me to go through, period. Suffer hardship with me, Paul says. And so he says in 2 Timothy verse 3, he says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And so it makes good sense for us to think about what kind of soldier he's talking about. He's talking about a good one, by the way. He's talking about an active one, by the way. He's talking about uh, one who is enlisted and engaged. That's the kind of soldier we're talking about here. And he says, join with me in suffering. Earlier in chapter 1, he said to do so unashamedly. He said, I'm unashamed. I challenge you to be unashamed of me or of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed, join in suffering with me. And now in chapter two, here's how that looks. Be strong, just like the good soldier, the soldier who is involved in active duty, the soldier who has been enlisted by the Lord Jesus Christ into God's army, if you will and I will. And so he says to the soldier this, 
Don't allow yourself to be distracted by stuff. Are we living in that day and age? We are living in that day, day and age, and it is on steroids that we are distracted with so much stuff. The author of Hebrews, whomever that might be, says in 12, 1 and 2, to watch out as we're running this race that has been set before us. He says, watch out for the things that slow you down, not necessarily sin, but then he goes on to say, and the sin which so easily entangles you. And run with endurance this race that is set before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus, right? We're not in Hebrews, but that's what it says. And so here's the story for a good soldier, an active soldier. There is the temptation of that soldier to be in, involved in or entangled in the stuff of everyday life. The stuff of everyday life that when it comes right down to it, does not matter. And we spend way too much time with stuff that doesn't matter. And so if you want to be strong in the grace that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, like a good soldier, hear me say this to you. We need to be singular in focus. Singular in focus. And, and what should our focus be? It's not a trick question. I want you to tell me from the text. What's the reward? What's the payoff when we're a good soldier, an active soldier, a soldier that is unashamed, willing to suffer, uh, is not entangled by the stuff? What is the payoff? What's the reward? What's the end result for that soldier now and later? You tell me. We don't have much time, so please tell me. There's a reward, no doubt, but it's a specific reward. There's a concept there. Look at the text. That we would be found what? Pleasing to whom? Our commanding officer. Isn't that wild to think about? That as we are, are purposing to be strong in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus, and we're trying to be singular in focus, not being entangled by the stuff. Some of the stuff isn't sin, some of it is sin. But regardless, as a good soldier, singular in focus, we're not entangled by the stuff of everyday life. Why? What's the reward? What's the payoff? What's the blessing now and later? Here it is, listen to me. We please the one who enlisted us. I'm gonna ask the youngest to the oldest and all in between today this question. Do you really wanna please him? Seriously, do you really want to please the one who has enlisted you into his army? Do you want to please him in everything you see, in everything you say, in everything you hear, in everything you do, in everything you post, for goodness sake? Do you want to please him in everything? Paul says, you want to be strong in the grace? The source is the grace that is found in Jesus. You want to know what it looks like? It looks like a soldier. What is the soldier? He's singular in focus. Why? So he can please Jesus. Let's be strong. Let's be strong in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. What's the next one? Next, what's the next one? This one I have illustrations for months. It's the, the athlete. Uh, it's those who are in the 1,000-pound club. 
It's the athlete that's disciplined. No pain, no gain. I remember coaches grabbing my helmets and just spitting all over my face and just challenging me. Some of you know that right too. Challenging me to be all that I can be in a ridiculous form and fashion nevertheless, but I loved it. This challenge to be disciplined as, a, as an athlete, to practice, to put in all the, the time, energy, and effort. My son would love to play in the NBA or the NFL or the MLB. Here's what I tell him, honestly, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> and he's, he's a gifted athlete. He has game, he has skill. He doesn't wanna put in the time, energy, and effort necessary. And for that, I'm really thankful. I'd rather he put his time, energy, and effort in something else that really matters. But it takes hard work, it takes discipline, and here's what it takes. We used to sing this little chorus back in the day. Obedience is the very best way to show that we believe. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. -E -E. Obedience is the very best way to show that we believe. So what's the story with the athlete? Illustration number two of what it looks like to be strong. How do they play? How do they play? Who said it, what? Thank you for coming. According to the rules, there's a standard, there's an absolute, there is a way to be and do, and it's revealed to us in God's word. And so the athlete illustration of what it looks like to be strong is somebody who says this. Watch this, don't miss it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I'm doing life his way according to his rules. And don't think for a minute that his rules is what our culture says, you can do whatever you want and be whatever you want. That's not his rules. His rules are that there is an absolute standard and a way to live and move and roam about the country. And it's found in his word, and so we need to know what it says in order to be and do what it says. And so the athlete is someone who competes according to the rules. Let me ask you this crazy trick question. Have you ever heard of an athlete that did not compete according to the rules and there were negative consequences? Hello. It happens every week. Tatis is the latest in the MLB, right? 80 game suspension for using performance enhancing drugs. Every day we can hear about athletes who don't compete according to the rules and the outcome is negative. They lose. I grew up in a day, this is crazy, but I grew up in a day where one team won and one team lost. Isn't that wild? I know, that's so ridiculous. There were seasons where I never got a trophy because we were not as good as other people. That's such a great concept, right? <laughs> Let's not keep score. What? What are we doing here? Anyway, an athlete, an athlete follows a guidebook, a standard, rules in order to play and engage. And when they do, guess, the, guess what the result is, the reward, the payoff? Guess. They win. It's a biblical concept. There's reward. There's prize. All of our lives are gonna be evaluated. If you're a child of God, your life is gonna be evaluated one day. You're gonna stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who sought you and bought you with his redeeming blood, and he's gonna evaluate your life. How did you play the proverbial game? 
How did you run the race that I set before you? And now you stand before me, and I'm going to evaluate not only what you've done, but how you have done it. Not only what you have done, but the motive behind your doing. I'm going to evaluate it all, believer. And this shouldn't be something that you're afraid of, that you dread, but something that you can and should look forward to. Living today in light of that day where the righteous judge is going to evaluate how we lived and how we played the game of life, if you will. And there's reward that awaits us. Isn't that fantastic? And it's not going to be that I say to you, would you please come down my golden avenue and I want to take you in my basement and show you my trophy case and everything that I received at the judgment seat of Christ. That's not how it's going to go. Those rewards are going to be occasions and opportunities where we can give back to the one who sought us and bought us. Casting crowns is just not just a catchy name for a, a Christian contemporary group. It's a concept that we will do. That we can give back what we have received at the judgment seat of Christ. There's reward. Let me tell you this now, young people, hello, it's almost time to be done. You know that. Let me tell you this right now. My kids are so tired of me saying this, but this is the, I'm at the season of life where I embarrass them uh, by things I say and do, and I love it, and I, I, I live that out to the full list. I've earned that occasion, but they've heard me say over and over and over again, doing life God's way is the best way, so obey. Do you hear me say that? I don't care what, what your age is. Do you hear that? Doing life God's way is the best way, so obey. There's reward now if you do life God's way. There's reward in regards to your marriage. There's reward in regards to everything that marriage entails. Parenting, there's reward as individuals. Young people, if you say, I wanna, I wanna obey God, I wanna do life his way, you will be blessed. Doesn't mean life will be easy, but it'll be full of meaning and satisfaction and reward, and that only comes from doing life God's way, which is the best way. So obey. I grew up in an era, and, and I don't mind this. I, it worked, but I grew up in an era where our parents just said, you don't do that, and they expected us to obey. Isn't that crazy? We didn't ha I, didn't, I didn't have to have an ex explanation, and I didn't have it had to have brought to me clearly, here's why I want you to do this, John. Here's what I have in store for you. Here's the, the best outcome. My parents just said it, and they expected us to do it. And I didn't do that perfectly, I promise you. But there was this concept of, of duty. But there's also this wonderful concept of delight. When we do life God's way, he has his best interest, our best interest in mind. I remember my dad, some of you remember my dad, I miss him dearly, think about him probably every day in some way, shape, or form. He did a series on the Ten Commandments where he flipped them. Not that he said you don't have to do these things, but that he said, you know what, let's look at the positive. If we obey these 10 commandments, even today in the church age, in the age of grace, let's see what's behind these. Every one of them had our best interest in store, in mind. Isn't that true? So it's not that we just have to obey because I've been told to. I heard that line once in a while, did you? I know you did. But we should obey because it's the best thing for us. Doing life God's way is the best way, so obey. So your homework, by the way, as you look at all six of these, is to come up with a word for each. Like for the soldier, maybe singular. 
in focus. That's not one word, but focused is. There you go. Maybe for the athlete, discipline or obedience. There's one more. I love this one. I love them all, by the way. One more that we'll look at today. The next one is a farmer. Anybody know any farmers? Hello. We have, we have more, more pigs in Iowa than we have people. And, and we love that. Right? The idea of a farmer. I have a lot of friends who are farmers, and these friends who are farmers know how to work hard. To work hard. And that work, hard work, was in place long before, let me just say, before sin. The privilege of labor and working hard is not a result of sin. It was in place before sin. Sin makes it harder, right? But there's still beauty behind someone who works hard. In our wedding, uh, this is a great concept if you're going to get married uh, in the coming days. In our wedding, we had our wedding party. Those who stood up with us, we had each one of them at our reception give us a gift. Isn't that perfect? We said, listen, I want you to be in, we want you to be in our wedding, but we want you to give us a gift at the reception. <laughs> Not only do you have to pay for this dress and rent the tux, although I, I think we might. Anyway, the issue is this. We wanted them to give us a symbolic gesture of what our friendship uh, meant to those who had gathered so they might understand who the wedding party is. And so I have a dear, dear friend. I still talk to him uh, often, maybe every other week. Um, he, he grew up on a dairy farm. He married a girl uh, from Fremont, Michigan, who grew up on a dairy farm. It's in their blood. Uh, and, and my friend, Dr. Steve Witter, knows how to work hard. And we talk often, and he gave me something at our wedding reception uh, that some of you might be familiar with. He gave me, listen to this, he gave me a John Deere tractor. I know, right? A John Deere tractor. He gave me a John Deere tractor that I have displayed on my bookshelf in my office. No doubt. A model of a John Deere tractor. And here's the thing. Whenever we talk, he will say to me or I will say to him this phrase that is taken from God's word, keep your hand on the plow. Keep your hand on the plow. Keep the focus that we have committed before Christ together to be men of God who will serve faithfully, keep your hand to the plow. And the John Deere tractor is supposed to trigger that in my mind. And for my simple mind, it works. Hand to the plow. You see, a hardworking farmer, when you put in sweat equity, you are, are the first to receive of the, the crop, the reward of all your efforts. In Dubuque, Iowa, and I'm sure you argue this to be true here in Cedar Falls, uh, but I would say to you, we all share, because we're in Iowa, the best sweet corn ever, right? Am I right? I've taken, uh, thank you for coming, I've taken sweet corn all over the country this summer uh, to Augusta, Georgia, and to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I would deliver it, we'd bring it in the cooler, they'd eat it, and they would text me and they'd say, are you kidding me? This is the best ever, and it's really true. We have two stands in Murfreesboro. Fensels is the, uh, the name of the family. And we can't wait for opening day when we get to partake of the fruit of their labor. The reward of working hard. Young people, 
decide now that you want to be known as someone who works hard. Paul says, you don't want to know what that looks like? Think about the hardworking farmer. The hardworking farmer who is not entitled, who is not lazy, who does not, have, does not think, I just deserve this, so give it to me, even though I haven't worked. The hardworking farmer is someone who says, I will put in, I will get up early and go to bed late, and I will work. I will put my hand to the plow, and I know it's worth it because there's going to be fruit of my labor. How true is that spiritually? Sonia said, I think in, in her Sunday school interview, I, I look forward to walking the streets of gold and interacting with those that I've had privilege to, to influence. That's crazy train encouraging that God tries, uh, not tries, that God has decided to use us for his glory. He can bring himself glory any way he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, and he gives us the privilege to work hard to bring him glory. Are you kidding me? That's a privilege. And so may, may we be like the hardworking farmer. Now don't forget there's the student. The Awana theme verse is taken from the student, 215 of this chapter. There's the vessel that is really talking about those who are part of the local church and really challenges us to ask and answer this, this question. In regards to the local church, am I a pillar that I understand my gifting, I understand who I am and am not in Christ, and so I'm going to serve an area of gift and ability, uh, and so I want to be a pillar that holds this place up, or are you a caterpillar that crawls in and out and does nothing? Are you a pillar or a caterpillar when it comes to body life, a vessel of honor, set apart, sanctified, ready to be used by God? And if you want some conviction, go to the sixth one, the bondservant. And look at what a bondservant looks like and is supposed to be and do. Kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, gentle in your response. Are you kidding me? Do our lives that look like that as Bond servants, more could be said. That was four, five, and six, just to tease you to dig in on your own. But for our purposes, may we be soldier-like, singular in focus. What's the payoff? Pleasing our commanding officer. That we may, might be like athletes who compete according to the rules, doing life God's way because it's the best way. So let's obey. And there's reward now and there's reward later. We win, we win, we win. And let's work hard like a farmer. Let's roll up our sleeves and get after it and serve and give and serve and give like the one who came and demonstrated that perfectly. Life is all about the privilege of sacrifice. It's a privilege to sacrifice and serve and keep our hands to the plow. You know what Paul says right in the middle? I'm not gonna really tell you, but I'm gonna tease you with it. He says this, would you please think about this for a minute? Really? I mean, seriously, this is no joke. He says, consider what I have. And then this beautiful statement, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Toby Mac. Anybody ever heard of Toby Mac? Some of you haven't, and, and if that's the case, maybe you shouldn't even investigate. But Toby Mac sings a song, uh, it's come out uh, not terribly long ago, where he simply declares, help is on the way. 
You know that song? Do you all know that song? Shall we sing it together? It may be midnight or midday. It's never early, never late. Yeah, exactly. They know it. You can depend on what I Yeah, excellent, excellent. Here's the beautiful thing. Oh, man. Help is on the way. I am desperate for help. I am so needy, and so are you. We're dependent creatures, and it would be so great for us to get over ourselves and be willing to admit that, that we need each other and we need help, and we have this lovely concept called grace. And Paul says, consider what I have to say. The Lord will give you understanding in everything. And then he has a little something to say about Jesus. He's the right one. He's the descendant of David, risen from the dead, and that's why I do what I do, and that's why I say what I say unashamedly. (laughs) More could be said, but I've gone 10 minutes over. I'll never come back. Actually, I'm coming back. I'm speaking at the youth rally. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you then in February, if not before. Can we stand together? Can we stand together uh, in order to close in prayer? But I just think it'd be appropriate to end this season of Sunday School for All Ages uh, with our motion for the day, just in case you forgot. All right, three, two, one, everybody ready? Be strong. Father, help us to be strong. Help us to be singular and focused like the soldier who has the goal and reward and blessing of pleasing you. Help us to be like the athlete who competes according to the rule. And the result of that is sweet, undefiled victory now and later. Help us to be like the hardworking farmer who keeps our hand to the plow and sees the privilege of holy sweat. And so may we be willing to serve and give like the Lord Jesus did. Help us to think about these things in the rest of the chapter And remembering who Jesus is, that he'll help us. Help is on the way. He'll help us and he'll give us understanding in everything because he is the uniquely qualified one, descendant of David, risen from the dead. Christ died for our sins, was buried, rose again, and was seen. We thank you for the sweet, sweet truth of the gospel. We close by mentioning these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be strong, people. Be strong.